What's up, you'll hear it. Hey, this is Bob Deboo, the host of the Upright Citizens podcast. Got a question for you. How would you like to get inside the mind of one of the most recorded musicians of all time? Well, here's your chance. The legendary bassist Ron Carter will join the Open Studio community on June 14th for an exclusive one-time-only live mentor session. You don't want to miss this. To learn the secrets to the maestro's iconic sound, gain insights to his unique musical mind in real time, pick his brain on his illustrious career, and get answers that'll propel your music to new heights. Join today and unlock your free 14-day trial at openstudiojazz.com. Then you'll be able to not only join the maestro in this exclusive conversation, but dig into his brilliant course, Blueprint for Jazz Bass, and so much more. So sign up now. Peace. Hey, Peter. Yes. How much do you let the bass player solo in your trio? Um, if his name is Carlos Enriquez, none. I'm Adam Manis. And I'm Peter Martin. And you're listening to the You'll Hear Podcast. Daily Jazz Advice coming at you. Coming at you from the second week of uh, 2019. I don't know. I no. should stop just like... <laughs> I think it's the first week still. No, it's the second week. No, it's the first It's Monday, buddy. Oh, it's Monday already? It is, yes. Oh, welcome to week number two of our third season. Kid is lost in the clouds <laughs> over here. I am, I am. Uh, so we have, a, we have a speak pipe. We have a voicemail from Patrick. Speak pipe. And uh, let's check it out. Okay. Hey, Peter and Adam. Uh, this is Patrick from Cincinnati. I dropped a few questions earlier this year, uh, a while ago by now, actually. Um, but I thought I would drop another one in the old speak pipe before uh, 2018 ends. Uh, I've been digging on a ton of uh, the Scott LaFaro era Bill Evans trio as of late. And it's got me thinking about uh, – how the trio is a unique ensemble and how it's different than playing with really any other kind of group uh, for a pianist or a guitarist, which I am. Um, so I just wanted to hear how you guys approach trio playing in terms of interaction, composition, arranging, improv, all that stuff uh, in the trio setting. Uh, but yeah. Thanks in advance. Thank you, Patrick. Yeah, thanks, Patrick. Thanks for dropping that question. I think I, mean, I think this might be one of our long, younger listeners because he's dropping questions. Dropping questions like all day it. long. That's right. And uh, he noted that it was quite a while ago when he left other questions. And that's how long we've been on the air now, buddy. We're coming up on our year anniversary. So. I know. Yeah. What, what is one year? Is it paper or uh, silver? I can't remember. <laughs> I, get I, you think it's, I think it's for this podcast. It's iced coffee. <laughs> that's right. Right. Um, so yeah, well yeah, that's a great question. So Patrick is a guitarist, and um, um, yeah, I, well, why don't we start there? Is there a difference between trio playing with the, I guess we're talking guitar, bass, drums versus piano, bass, drums? There probably is. There probably is, but not not huge. Yeah. I think actually trio playing, as long as it's a chordal instrument, there's definitely similarities. But even if it's like tenor, bass, you know, tenor saxophone, bass, drums, yeah, there's still some similarities that that happen. I man, I love a trio. You know, we, we we both have our own trios that we play with regularly, and it's just it's one of the more fun ensembles you can be a part it of. It is, and I do think that yeah, the instrumentation, certainly the classic. 
uh, piano trio, classic guitar trio, sax, you know, it, I think it's more about the number of players. Cause I'm even thinking about like in classical music, chamber music, I've had a little bit of opportunity years ago to play in some trios and also quartets, even when I was doing violin, but the trio is kind of a unique thing. Duos, of course, wonderful sure. solos, but the trio, maybe it is kind of a magical number of three, right? I think especially with like a, with the piano or the guitar, there's so much that we can do as the chordal instruments. I mean, it really becomes, um, I think it's it's one of the, the, the more fun ensembles that a chordal instrument could play in because we get to do everything we can do. Yeah. From like, you know, solo playing to, you know, for intros and outros and, yeah. and interludes and stuff like that to, you know, voicing chords one way and melodies the other to accompanying, you know, the bass solo, the drum solo, stuff like that. Yep. I mean, it really is, you get to do everything. Right. Um, so it's, it's really a fun, fun thing. Yeah. And I think, you know, talking about the interaction, I know he mentioned that when it, in a trio, um, you have this great thing where you kind of have three duos almost from an interactive standpoint. That's right. You know, so it, you know, the different combinations of two. So with a piano, bass, and drums, you're always looking at the bass drum kind of rhythm section foundation and the way that they interact, play together, swing, improv, and all those different things. That relationship is always existing. Um, and then, but then the piano and bass has its very interesting relationship and That's interaction, right. you know, in terms of harmonic foundation and many things. And then, of course, the piano and the drums. Yeah. So it's, it's a really cool kind of... Uh, it's almost like the, the the ideal number of people maybe to be having simultaneous kind of conversations without going crazy. Well, it's so it. interesting that you brought that up. I've never thought about it like that, but it really is. And that's such a, such a cool way to think about it, like three different duos. Because I'm thinking like for the piano and the bass, you know, because there's no other uh, melodic soloist that can be a part of that, they can really be flexible with, uh, you know, substitutions or any kind of alterations to the the changes or the melody and be very quick with it yep. more so than you can be with with you know if you're backing a saxophone player then all three of those those people have to be in sync at the same time but it's you can be really light on your feet with piano and bass like that yeah. and then with the piano and the drums you know in the trio situation the bass usually gets more opportunity to be a soloist than they do in almost every other situation right and so the piano and the drums get to be an accompanist at, on their own right. more than they do you know if you're in a quintet most of the accompanying is going to be done with piano, bass, and drums, or guitar, bass, and drums. Right. But because the bass is the second, really the secondary, or sometimes the lead soloist, yep. the piano and the drums have to be more in tune to be able to accompany with just that uh, configuration. Yep, yep. Um, really, really interesting stuff to think about. Yeah, absolutely. And then, of course, the classic, the bass and the drums, no matter what we're doing, they, they, you know, no matter what the configuration, they have to be locked into each other. Right, so, right, right. Yeah, very cool. So from another thing that I, I think Patrick mentioned was about arranging for the trio. And, uh, you know, a few days ago, we we delved a little bit into the Amajamal, that great uh, version, the great arrangement on um, No Greater Love. Yeah. Um, but there's a lot of elements in that that exist in a lot of Amajamal's arrangements. And that's just kind of one style, but it's a very influential style, of course, on a whole generation, several generations now of pianists on trio playing. And yeah. like, like what's, what's your concept in general on arranging for a trio? I know you do a lot of arranging and we're always thinking about arranging for bigger ensembles. And but you've been doing a lot of trio playing lately. Yeah. I mean, the first concept that I think of and we've I know you do this as well is. For the piano, for arranging for the trio, I really think of it as three different voices I can use. You know, mm -hmm. my my low voice, my mid voice, and my treble voice. Right. You know, and and I have those options available available to me to to arrange with the bass, 
um, and the drums in, in any configuration. So, for example, you know, the classic is to have the chords in the left hand and the melody or the solo in the right hand right. and arrange something for that left hand and the bass to do together. Yeah. You know, whether that's a, a, a unison line or some kind of harmony or some kind of hits, you know, we, we were listening to that Ahmad Jamal and a lot of those dun, dun, dun. Yep. Um, but then there's also things you can do where you maybe have the bass up with, you know, your, your right hand or your, your treble voice and your left hand is providing some other kind of line or mm. accompaniment. A little counter melody. A little actually. counter melody. Yep. That's the advantage we have as pianists, maybe more so than guitarists, although they can do this a little bit yep. if, if the voicing is right, if you're writing the arrangement. Or you if you're can, Stanley Jordan. If you're Stanley Jordan, you can do it. I mean, <laughs> you, Charlie Hunter, you got <laughs> yeah, it all by yourself, yeah. Um, so those of you on YouTube could see what Adam was just doing his hand, on, with his hands, but if you're listening to this podcast, I'll just describe it a little bit because he was doing piano hands, not to be confused with jazz hands very different very different yeah so he's like piano. he's laying it out yeah you have basically the three zones of the piano which we've talked about before which is like the low zone is your left hand and really the bottom part of your left hand the middle zone is is like the middle of both of your hands yeah it can be their own voice yeah. uh, combined and then the high zone is the right hand now that's like the most elaborate you're going to get usually yeah. it's going to be one hand or the other and a lot of times it's just going to be you're just piano part playing both hands together what about the blue zone how does that you know the mediterranean diet blue zone does that fit into those yeah, no, it, it, it's good for a healthier, longer life. Right. And what about the keto zone? Are you in keto zone when you're in those three, three zones? Bro, I'm always in keto zone. <laughs> uh, no, uh, but one thing I will say um, that is really um, crucial to piano trio arranging, and I think mm. any trio arranging, is dynamics. Mm. The dynamics of a piano trio, I think, really determine you know, how, how good the arrangement is, yeah. you know, and you have all this huge headroom, low and high. So yeah, 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 yeah. Good stuff. Well, thank you, Patrick, for the question. Thank you for the speak pipe. Um, you can always hit us up at youllhearit.com for um, all things you'll hear it. Really, that's right. Swag. Yep. Swag. Swag. Um, ask a question. Make a comment. Seven star review. Seven star review. This will lead you to the promised land to do that. And um, if you uh, go to our YouTube channel and uh, leave a comment about today's episode, let us know what you think about trio playing. Any any uh, ideas you have on that? Please do. And until tomorrow, you will hear it. 